0: Hey, everyone. Welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod. Here with Milwaukee Bucks star Drew Holiday, four times first-team all-defensive player in the NBA. Of course, an all-star 2021 NBA champion and Olympic gold medalist. And of course, probably not the least of which, the husband of Lauren Chaney Holiday, who <laughs> May 6th goes into Hall of Fame. the National Soccer Hall of Fame Drew, let, let me start with this. How, What happens on May 6th when there's a playoff game and there's a Hall of Fame induction? Do, do we need to work with the league about making sure that's an off day? How, how's that going to go?
1: Yeah, if they can postpone or maybe just push it into the next day, that'd be that'd be awesome. But my wife wouldn't let me go if, if we had a playoff game.
0: You guys actually, she found out about her induction. You guys
1: kind of planned it out. Planned it yeah. out
0: at the – Bucs facility in November, right?
1: Yeah, Dance me check, um, and the Bucks organization just kind of uh, set up this little thing where it was just our, I mean, Bucks family, and had uh, Lawrence parents introduce it on on the TV screen through Zoom, and uh, it was it was cool. It was quiet. If if it was huge, like if it happened at the at the arena during the game, my wife would have been pissed. Yeah, she would have been she'd have been mad. She doesn't really like the attention like that, but. I think how it was done was uh, just really, it was just first class, so it was it was cool.
0: Having a spouse who understands what you do in a way that probably almost any other doesn't, a world-class athlete who's competed at the highest level, won Olympic gold medals, Hall of Fame, what has that meant to your career and your ability to be able to to do what you do?
1: <laughs> just that I can't. I have to take what she says into consideration. When she tells me that uh, I don't look like I'm interested or you're BSing on the court or she's criticizing me, I have to take, I I always take that into in consideration. And it's really just because she's been to the top of the mountain multiple times. She's won uh, different avenues. Um, but at the same time, she understands uh, the travel. Um, she understands the schedule. She understands what it is what it takes, how it is on your body. Um, There's just so much that she understands. So going home and talking to sports or talking my job with my wife actually makes it a lot more comforting. Because she also knows the other end of it, being the athlete, where uh, her parents or her friends or whatever are telling her, like, oh, you should have done this when you played or you should have done that. So my wife definitely has a good balance of like, like criticism, but as well as knowing my side.
0: I imagine too, understanding when you don't want to have that conversation,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, it's big. That's big. Again, and she knows me really well. So if I don't want to have the conversation, it's not. I don't even need to say anything. She pretty much knows before, like after the game. She 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 can read me and tell, like, all right, this isn't a conversation for right now. So it's um, it's definitely she's definitely helped me out in so many ways, just getting to where I want to get to in my career. Really, just in terms of. Making decisions on should I go here and train or should I take these days off or I don't feel like doing it today, and she's the ultimate competitor, so she's always she's just always on me so um I owe a lot to her just from you know all my all my success in, in my career
0: if it is not for Lauren, do you go to the Olympics <laughs> the day after a couple of days after the NBA finals in two thousand twenty one do you get on that plane and go if she doesn't say hey you, you need to do this?
1: Um, I would say no. I would say I wouldn't I wouldn't have went. Lauren and, and Jason Glushon are the ones who, and those are like the two people in this world that I, I, I trust. With Jason Glushon, your agent. My agent, okay. yeah. Uh, I trust with everything, two of the people. They were like, you should do it. And, and my wife was like, well, why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you represent your country? And for one, I'm like, I'm tired. Like I've never been past the second round in the playoffs. I'm picking up full court, ninety-four feet since Game One of of Series One. I'm exhausted. It's a sh- it's a shorter off season because we know next year it's coming back to be normal, and I'm like, I also like my break. I, w- I would like to, you know, have time to recuperate. But my wife is like, "Well, what about your kids? Like, how many kids can say that both of their parents have Olympic medals or w- just went to the Olympics?" And um, it was kind of like, dang. I don't know. Like, sometimes your wife just knows your buttons, you know? Yeah. She knows the right thing to say. And um, and it, because of her, yeah, I'm, I'm an Olympic medal. And y- medalist. you
0: had been, unlike probably anybody else who goes to the Olympics and played or hadn't played the Olympics before, you had gone as a fan mm-hmm. with her 2012 in mm-hmm. London.
1: Yeah, 2012 in London. But that yeah. was, a, yeah, I didn't I didn't know her in 2008, um, 2012 in London. I tried to convince her to go in 16 to Brazil because I would never been. But it was it was awesome to experience. It was awesome to see. I'm not even sure if the like the U.S. basketball team knew knew I was there, but uh, I saw him play. Was like Lithuania or somebody? Um, I got to experience track, uh, and when soccer plays, they don't play in the Olympic Village, or they didn't. They traveled around to see or to different venues, and I got to see more of England because I got to see her travel. So, or I got to see her play. So that was. Uh, A great experience But being a fan Is Is awesome Uh, How it just brings The world together Is So cool And then Seeing it as an athlete Like you kind of have to Shift gears And Like yeah I respect your country But I'm also trying to beat you So
0: Right I always wondered When you guys NBA Finals end in 21 And It's It's you Chris Middleton And Devin Booker Who are going To Japan You guys flew with Booker Mm Mm-hmm what was that flight like? Was there a period on that flight where it was a little awkward initially? Or did you just start getting – did you even talk about the finals? Or were you talking about – what were we talking about?
1: We didn't talk about the finals. Um, honestly, I think I slept for most of it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, me and Chris flew to – we were supposed to fly to Phoenix to pick a book. But something happened to our plane, so it was delayed. And both of us met in um, Seattle with uh, – who else was there?
0: Did Jeff Van Gundy get on that plane? Jeff Van Gundy yep. was
1: on the plane already. So, um, so yeah, we ended up uh, meeting up with them. And honestly, like, I don't know what Chris and Book did. I think Book had the back because they kind of set up beds for us. And yep. Book, there's like a queen bed or queen or something in the back. And uh, Book just kind of had like the back area to himself. But honestly, I just slept. Like, I tried to sleep as much as possible because I didn't know when we'd land. And then they're trying to tell us when we're going to land. And we had a game that day when we landed. Um, Which
0: you weren't supposed to play, and then you played 30 minutes. Or yeah,
1: I mean, <laughs> Pop told us. He was like, yeah, you guys probably won't play at all, you know. Um, he's like, you might get, like, spot minutes here and there, and uh, you might come in for whatever. But, yeah, I ended up playing quite a bit. So, But, yeah, the the conversation was just kind of like – I mean, we had already seen so much of each other. Me, Chris, and Book, it w- it w- we didn't talk about the finals at all. I think there was already an understanding there, like, it is what it is, but we kind of have to, like, shift our mindset and be-, and be teammates now.
0: You talk about how exhausted you are at the end of that finals in 2021, and it's how you have played, I think, once again this year, among league leaders and defensive field goal percentage, uh, among, you know, players closest to the shot. You've been at the top of that four times all defensive team, I think your most assists too this year, so over seven, most assists you've had averaging since your time in Milwaukee. What is required of someone who dominates on the perimeter defensively the way you have for so long in your career, what is required of you night in, night out, mentally, physically, if you're going to commit to being that guy that you have, what more is required of you, do you imagine, and that you've learned over time?
1: Um... You got to do a lot. The best player, if he's, I guess for me, if he's within, what, 5'10 and 6'8, that's probably my responsibility. 6'8, uh, 6'9, six, six, yeah, that's that's my responsibility. And it's to make it as tough as possible. It's to filter him down to Brooke, who's been doing, I mean, a phenomenal job, especially this season, um, defensively having, having our back and, and being that anchor on defense. But uh, not only that on defense, just being a dog and a hound, I also have to set up the offense. I also have to get Giannis the ball where he needs it, Chris, Joe, Grayson, Brooke. And then, I honestly, I have to be able to make shots. I have to be out on the court for, I mean, it's the regular season, but playoffs, what is it? Them, they're 40 minutes a game. Um, and I, I like the challenge. I like the responsibility. I, I, I like um, that sort of pressure. Um it's it's fun for me to compete and to be in that position. So
0: what do you think of this this offensive boom in the league? I think there've been a lot of incremental things that have led to this rule changes, officiating, and the skill. And I don't mean to underestimate the the tremendous offensive skill of players. Yeah. Bigger, yeah. more sta- yeah. you know, so there's lots of factors. In your mind, does it diminish the impact or the the value people should have should consider of players like you on this league of what you do and how important it is. Like, because it's a little like what baseball became. They wanted more home runs. They wanted more hitting. They want eleven eight for television. Mm-hmm. They want they want Oklahoma City scoring one hundred and fifty mm-hmm. points on Tuesday night mm-hmm. for TV. All these things that are impacting. You know, to me, it's like thirties, forties, the new thirty, mm-hmm. and fifties, the new forty. Right, mm-hmm. and scoring. From your perspective, um, one of the best defensive players, two way players of this era, is it a better league like this?
1: It's a loaded question. Um I wouldn't say that it's a better league, only because I can argue right, that's arguable. I, I can I can argue that with my with my dad, where my dad was more of like Jordan era where Jordan and Kobe, were like you can hand check, you can be more physical, you see the bad boys knocking people out of the air and it just being a common foul but at the end of the day for us it is also still a business and what's making our business boom or go up is scoring it is 158 points on Tuesday Uh, from Oklahoma City it's somebody having a 60 point triple double or somebody flying through the air during a fast break so I get it I definitely understand it, but somebody like me who feels like maybe he was built more for, like, 90s, early 2000s type of basketball where I like to be physical defensively, I can't necessarily say that it's better, but I do like that type of style. I like it where it's kind of in the mud and and uh, you have to grind out a game and it comes down to possessions and they and they truly matter, uh, you know, down the stretch. Honestly, I feel like that's what the playoffs are like. You, you kind of get back to it being more physical possessions Definitely matter, and and it comes down to making plays.
0: Yeah, and that's and that's the thing, especially when you play on a team like Milwaukee, where your hope is, you're you have the opportunity to go deep every year in the postseason. That eventually your impact is, it is seen, it is felt because the game, no matter what they say, the game is officiated. They're gonna there's it's going to be different in the, it's in
1: the playoffs. Right? It's a bit different. Yeah. yeah.
0: You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand slams, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call one 800 DIRECTV tv or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. That 2001 run, or 2021 run through Miami, Brooklyn, Atlanta, Phoenix, the physical toll of every other night, and and I think especially that Brooklyn series, the finals were incredible, and you guys came back from 2-0 both series. But that Brooklyn series and what Durant was doing have you ever quite been tested like you
1: were tested it t- in It period? took years off my life. <laughs> it was – every time I feel like we step into Barclays, it's like PTSD, at least for me personally. Every time I step in, I get, like, this exciting feeling, but at the same time, like, a little bit of, of nervousness, which, like, I'm not the type to get nervous playing basketball. Like, I've done it my whole life, but that series took so much out of Me personally, and the way that KD was just willing his team and putting them on his back, like, it doesn't give me nightmares because we won, but I still see it all the time. Like, man, that was, to me, that was one of the greatest, like, series for one that I've ever been a part of. But, like, to go down, go to game seven, people were hitting big shots. Kyrie goes down. James comes back. Like, everything about it to me was, like, this is like a movie, you know? And it was, it was, it took a physical and emotional toll. And I, and honestly, I I truly feel like this helped us in the finals being down 2-0. To
0: go up against KD at the very height of his talent, skill, shot making ability in a postseason where Giannis kept elevating it, you ever able to appreciate it? You're, You're, In the moment, you're trying to survive the moment. Was it later when you look back and go, "Holy cow, that was I was a part of something pretty remarkable."
1: It was definitely later. I feel like while you're in it, you're you're locked in. You're locked into every game, every possession, um, every scout, everything that you have to do to win. You're, I guess, survive could be a word, but like you're really trying to win the battle. Like you're trying to win this one game, this battle. You put everything into it. And again, it takes a lot out of you. But looking back and talking to it with people that I'm close to, or even just fans, and and every time we talk about that series, it's like, do you realize what happened? Like if KD wore a size 15 shoe, this this could all be different. I mean, his big toe was on the line when he when he hit that when he hit that two pointer. So it's like, yeah, when you look back at it, you have to appreciate it. It's funny because today. Me and my wife were kind of talking about with some friends, like, do you truly experience happiness when you when you experience pain? And I'm like, or when you like truly experience pain. And I'm thinking there was so much up and down. There's so much pain in that series that, like, it made it so much better when when we won that series that now that I look back at it, like it, you start to get like the chills and, and emotions every time you talk about it. So it's again, I could probably talk about that series for forever. So,
0: and, and I think too, um, sometimes what gets lost is that I think people forget a little bit is when Giannis goes down on the Hawks series. There was a sense initially, he's out. Yeah, it's over. Like this is a. Yeah. this is and if anybody else, it might have been a six week injury, yeah. right? Like, when when you go back into the training room after he has that hyper-studded D, mm-hmm. you remember thinking what?
1: I remember thinking, I know Giannis, and if we make it to the finals, he's going to come back. I didn't know what type of health he'd be in or how well he'd be, but knowing Giannis, he would play with a broken leg. He would, He would be back. So it was kind of like, and he even was telling us, like, just get me there, you know? And at that point, that's motivation enough. Like, our best player is – he's hurt, but, like, he knows what he wants and, and, and he's determined. But I'm not going to lie, that was a scary moment. I didn't see the play until this year. Really? The first time I saw the play was this year. Intentionally or just – Intentionally. I never – want. like, I was there, you know, and I saw it kind of out of the corner of my eye, but it happened so quickly that I – and, I mean – I'm on the court, so other things are going on. I'm looking at other stuff. I'm not looking directly at Giannis, but I remember I'm like, no, I I don't want to see it. I don't like how bad it was, and I saw it, and I'm like, that man's a beast. (laughs) You know, like the play was so, so crazy. The way that his leg went, it was like, yeah, you shouldn't. You probably shouldn't have came back from that. And then first game in the finals at 40. You know, it's it's insane.
0: Drew Giannis. And you think back to that run. And what I one of the things I really admire about him is great players who are not afraid of being embarrassed. They're not afraid of the things of continuing to work on the things they don't do well and getting better at them and pushing through ridicule, mocking, like what he did at the free throw line mm-hmm. in that postseason. And all of a sudden you get to the end – and he puts up this game six clincher where he goes to the line and just makes one after another. To me, it was it was so representative of who he is, yeah. of how he got to the finish line yeah. and doing it at the free throw line. Do you appreciate that as a teammate?
1: I do. Um, again, I play with some really great players. Uh, so I think to be able to see like a great player get even better, it motivates you, you know, it moti- it makes you want to go to war with this person. You'll do anything for this person because like essentially he could, he could have everything or he, he could do everything, but he's finding something else to get better, better at. So I think having the focus that he does, having, j- like you said, just the ability to go up there, to lock in, tune out everything else, Game six of the finals to close out the series and win the championship, and he's just he's just knocking them in. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I feel like there are a lot of great players, and and I respect a lot of them. But me personally, being able to see him grow and get better at all the things that people tell him that he's not good at is is amazing to me. Like it, it really motivates me to play basketball. Yeah,
0: there's probably no. I don't know if there's an MVP. Certainly not a multiple-time MVP, who came further than he did from where he started to there. I think that's what's. So I would agree. Remarkable
1: I would agree. Hey, yeah, I mean, you see it on Instagram or Twitter. You see him uh, the videos of him surfacing, like when he first came out, and he's just like stick skinny. I mean, stick skinny, big feet. Looks like he's stumbling over over himself, and then. All of a sudden, what nine, ten years later he's like he's i guess the Greek freak he's like this monster who um didn't really grow up playing point guard, didn't grow up as a shooter, but has all the abilities to do all that it's it's an, it's insane I remember his rookie year
0: coming to Milwaukee he was wasn't even starting yet he's probably averaging five or six points a game, and I was in his apartment with him, and he was his family hadn't moved in yet and i always remember this he had their bedrooms and the beds made for them he was waiting for his parents his brothers and he would show me he was lonely he mm-hmm. was really lonely he was mm-hmm. just a teenager we all know what his family means to him mm-hmm. it was really hard being they hadn't Maybe. been able to come over yet and i remember he had their beds made for them waiting for them to be able to come over and he was giving me a tour it was like a three-bedroom apartment mm-hmm. it was over the old practice facility uh by the lake there and He was like, this is the bedroom, and then this is the kitchen, and I remember he was pulling out his pots and pans and pulling out his cereal boxes. This is the cereal I'm eating, here are my pots and pans. He was so proud of everything, and you think of that guy, right? Becoming, and the thing is, in a lot of ways, he's a simple, Mm
1: -hmm. right? His
0: world is still practice facility,
1: Mm -hmm. home, family, you know? Family, yeah, it's it's cool to see um, that money, doesn't I guess we always say like money changes you I I don't think money changes you I think it just excels who you who you truly are and to see somebody like Giannis who has that simple type of life has the same pillars that he lives by then and now is uh again it's just like it's motivating to be able to be because again I've, I've been in the league maybe four years longer than he has but he still motivates me to just be a better person. Like, it's not always about basketball. Now, um, I see him, I mean, we might go somewhere with our kids, we might go to the zoo, and people are all over him. And he's just so graceful about it. Like, taking pictures, or if you tell somebody, like, hey, I'm with my family, like, it's just so, so graceful. And I tell my wife all the time, like, I wish I can do that, but I can't do that because like, it, it would annoy me. I'm like, my daughter's six, my son's two. My daughter's like freaking out because she doesn't really do well in situations where there's like a lot of crowd, like a lot of people. And they're like, and and she goes to school and she's like, uh, Daddy, are you famous? I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm your dad. Giannis just has this grace about it where like he appreciates it and doesn't take it for granted. I know maybe sometimes it bugs him, but like you would never know. He just has this grace about him.
0: The other thing, too, I think playing when you look at the roles and how this has worked in Milwaukee and you were – they made a trade for you and they saw you as the final piece and it turned out exactly I guess it worked. It worked, I guess it worked. (laughs) People make those trades all the time in the league and it doesn't play out that way. What has it been about this group that there's never been, that doesn't mean there's not stuff, every team deals with stuff Mm -hmm. and public doesn't always know about it. Some Some, a lot of teams are able to keep it, Mm -hmm. work out their problems internally, it Mm -hmm. doesn't get out but, In terms of role and how the pieces fit together, you can't take that for granted in in terms of Milwaukee and how – You can't. Because it isn't like that everywhere It's It's not.
1: I think that um, maturity, character play a big part. I think being able to really sit down with the organization, to sit down with Bud, the coach, and then to sit down with the big dogs, uh, Giannis and Chris, and really get – Like a specific idea of what they need out of me, because I'm the like essentially I'm the last one to come in. It was Chris and Giannis have already been here. Um, I've watched them play multiple times, played against them multiple times. Um, I've seen all the great things that that they've done, but seeing it from the outside and then being included in in the in the middle of it is completely different. So I think knowing coming in like this is y'all's team. I'm here to to help y'all like I'm here to be support I'm here whatever you need if I need to play defense on the best players so that Chris and Giannis have a break for offense I'm cool with that if y'all need me to score I'm cool with that if you need me to facilitate I'm cool with that literally coming in as like this blank slate uh or maybe even like putty to be molded into the perfect fit for whatever we need to do that's what I wanted because I wanted to win I'd been in the league what I think at the time, 12 years, and I hadn't even sniffed one. I'd I'd been to the second round and hadn't been past that. So it was like whatever it takes, whatever I need to do to win, there's no ego here. And coming in, there was no ego as the team. I mean, like everybody knows Giannis. I feel like he's pretty transparent. I'm not sure about Chris. I don't think people know Chris the way uh, like I I do or or others, but – There's no ego, like everybody wants to win. Like, yes, sometimes you might bump heads because heat of the moment or something might happen. And and again, I wanna win, maybe I think my way is right. But I think being able to have the conversations in the heat of the moment and still trust that that person's gonna have my back, that's all it's been since I've been here. So it's it's been a good little run. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: It surprises me you have made just one all-star game. And it was early much earlier it was in your career it was do you think at times be the the willingness to give and do exactly what you're talking about maybe it costs like we're sometimes especially with all-star teams or all NBA it is judged on offensive numbers and shooting percentage and listen you went through there were there were games you didn't shoot well in the NBA finals and no one really noticed mm-hmm. because the of playoffs, the impact on because what the impact you're having on the other end of the foot. Mm-hmm. you were impacting winning you've got to be willing to probably sacrifice some of that to
1: win yeah you do have to unless you're like the big dog unless you're you know what i'm saying um but i experienced being an all-star and it was great and i would love to be one again but winning is sweeter having that title and knowing that like you're at the top of the mountain people are trying to climb this mountain to to take your spot there's nothing like that so I'll sacrifice again if I have to. Um again, being an All-Star is something that obviously you want to be multiple and I feel like maybe one is cool, but after you have more than one, you're kind of validated like, yeah, like I'm I'm really supposed to be here, but for me it's not like that. I think people know my skills, what I bring to the table. And and that's that's cool with me.
0: Drew, defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart won it last year the first guard to win it since do you know who the last guard was before him guard guard to win it um 1996 was it Gary Payton? Gary Payton and a almost glove. a decade I guess I was gonna that. say
1: like maybe like uh who else has won defensive
0: our test won it
1: okay but forward. yeah he's he's a forward. small four oh, yeah yeah, okay, yeah okay yeah
0: what why why is there is there an inherent bias against is it harder to measure for people? Why do you think that is? I People don't know. Shop but a big guy's blocking a lot of shots. That's an obvious to them that, that
1: it, is, it it that isn't obvious. I mean, that's a that's a stat. I mean, they have a lot of stats now, which maybe could help. But that's a stat that stat that's obvious and been around for a very long time. But there also are stats that's like, all right, well, what was the guard doing? Guarding the ball or the defender doing guarding the ball before he went and got the shot block. You know? like, it's different when you have Marcus Smart on your hip and you have a big at the basket right. instead of it just being you and the big. you know, right. Or you tiring out a player, picking him up full court, hounding him over screens, making him think of different things, somebody who might like to shoot pull-ups. But all of a sudden, you're literally pushing him into the big because you know he likes to shoot pull-ups and you don't want him you don't want him to have any space. Um, I feel like those are things that maybe, like, basketball minds know or people that really, like, evaluate the sport know basketball. They would know things like that. But I feel like a lot of these are about fans and, and what it looks like. And I'm just realistic. Uh, I know that, like, sometimes defense isn't pretty and it's not really anything that people get too excited about at times. But it's okay, you know. By the way, I'm so happy that Marcus Smart got it. Like, him being the next guard that got it, switching one through five, you've seen what he does against people that are seven, eight feet taller, inches inch taller than him. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. There's so many guards that are like that. So, shout out to to Marcus Smart.
0: I thought that in more than any other year, that 21 playoff run, you know, especially in the finals against Phoenix's guards, that – Perimeter defense became a highlight. It became a highlight. I think part of it, you're picking up Chris Paul full court. Did you sense that differently, like whether it's SportsCenter or people, the way they would show a three-pointer, a dunk, that it was the first time I could remember that the job you were doing was treated, not just analyzing the game, but like a highlight clip.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think during the finals, I didn't watch any social media. I didn't watch ESPN. um, Tried to stay off Instagram, Twitter. Just for that. Everybody will pick you up one day, they'll drop you the next. Um, So really just to stay focused. But I do think that there was a shift in the series when that happened. and I can't say it was just me. I also have to shout out PJ Tucker, who again, sacrificed to be a champion. Who had the job of trying to slow down some big name guys like Kevin Durant, Trey Young, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. We kind of both switched back and forth in in doing that. But I think being in that finals, picking up full, I do feel like there was this shift where it was – it became difficult to kind of just run your offense and do what you wanted to do. And for me, I loved it because – on offense, yes, I'm going to have to do a lot, but I'm not the main guy. I still have Chris and, and Giannis. So I love the fact that, like, I got the, ch- the challenge of picking up Chris Paul full court and making it difficult on, on him. And then the same thing with Devin Booker and seeing what he does and how easily he scores, how pretty his jump shot is in the mid range. I do feel like there was a shift in the finals when it came, came down to picking up uh, people full court.
0: In your time in the NBA, you look back through years can you remember a year where it felt this deep into the season almost i guess we're getting near midway so wide open that usually there's one you look in the east or you look in the west and you go okay that's the obvious team everybody has to beat sometimes it's both conferences could you make the case right now you look and you you can make the case for 10 teams right
1: now yeah a solid like a solid yeah eight to ten teams Which is insane. Um, I remember coming into the league and it was like the wild, wild west, right? Like the west was just controlling everything. You had the Lakers, you had Phoenix, you had the Spurs, um, you had Dallas, you had teams, and they were playing fast and doing whatever. And then the East are talking about, oh, they slow the game down and they muck it up and do whatever, kind of like how Memphis was back in the day, even though they were in the west. But it was, now it's like, you really have to be on your A game every game like sometimes it's like oh well uh you go on this road trip and there's three teams that you're supposed to win and i feel like it's not like that anymore and now it's like all right no these are tough games like we really have to we really have to lock in at any given time it could be uh somebody just, just
0: lost by 35 points to to charlotte.
1: charlotte and again i don't know if people think that they're a bad team they're not like half their team has been out yeah, and injured been devastated. But yeah, and they're also young and they have horses and they run the hell out of the ball and they shoot very well. So um, I think that the league – and, again, I'm probably going to get backlash from older guys or whatever. I think this is one of the most competitive uh, the league has been on both sides, east and west. It's been – it's fun.
0: <laughs> no, it is. And I think there was a sense, like, early on, Milwaukee and Boston are were the two that, – that everybody in the east – and now you look at the way Brooklyn has played, yeah. and, and I think you guys have a unique perspective on that. I think because of what has gone on in Brooklyn the last couple of years and the way they've been you know, prior to that run, and then since it, it was easy to dismiss them mm-hmm. and say oh, they're just not going to get it together. Mm-hmm. You you lived it, yeah. and you lived it, and there was no hard or there was no uh, Kyrie Irving at the end of mm-hmm. that series. Like that team now is
1: Ro- on a row, right? Yeah, on a row. I think. Uh, you can never really count them out because they have two of the best players in the world. You add Ben Simmons, who is trying to who's trying to figure out himself, figure out his role, get back mentally into basketball, which I feel like people kind of wrote him off. Uh, you can never do that to an athlete, especially being an athlete. I can never do that to an athlete. He's always been strong. He's always been good around the basket. He's been an athlete. And I think it's just about finding the right pieces um, and meshing together. And right now, whether I think one – they're number one in the East. They are. Either two or one, but uh, oh, two? two. Yeah, they're two. Oh, they're two. Yeah, they're two, but they're right. They're I mean, just, they've now, what? They won like what, ten 12, straight. 12, at 30, 12, yeah, Twelve, right? And then
0: they lost one, and then back. Yep, that's right. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to ask you about, Drew, and I think this is your philanthropy, you and Lauren. And listen, there's a lot of players and a lot of people who give, and it's great. What's been striking to me is just. How much thought and certainly generosity, but where you've given and how you guys have given has been, I think, really—I don't know what the right word is—deliberate, intentional. You I mean, go back to the bubble; you had, I think, five million plus of your salary left to be paid. You donated it. What you, what you guys just did with the Black uh, mm-hmm. Black uh, Wall Street Wall Street mm-hmm. um, initiative and, and education, I think, of 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 giving, but also trying to i think share the 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 history with your peers in the league did you grow up was that a big part was giving a big part of growing up in your household is it something that you've always just been a part of your thinking
1: um giving has always been a part of my household uh growing up christian growing up with a black mama she was always talking about giving all of us um being able to share share the things we have really just instilling us the things that were are important and giving has always been uh one of those things but I think it came a time where there always comes a time where like business-wise you get done wrong at some point and uh, your heart heartness toward giving to people you feel like sometimes you give too much or even you give too much of yourself and people take advantage of that I think that my wife and I kind of got to a point where it's about people and it's about relationships and to be able to better someone's life is something that like makes us happy and it's not just giving money to us that's the easy part is giving money but trying to educate them financially trying to educate them in how to um, really use their platform to market for themselves to build a life for themselves I think that that's really, really important to us.
0: Drew, this was uh, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate you taking time. We are headed for the dog days of January here. You'll be seeing yep. that light at the end of the tunnel of, yeah. of that extended All-Star break here. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a fun, fun sprint here to the postseason. This is what we said. This has been there a lot of remarkable teams in your conference. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Right, you thought twenty one was tough to get out of the East out
1: of, right? This is gonna be. Yeah, this is gonna be. This is. You're right. It's definitely gonna be fun. It's definitely gonna be fun. This road trip is a tough one. So, <laughs> yeah. But I'm, again, I'm grateful to be here uh, and to talk to you, uh, to kind of see even just a little bit of your life and how how crazy it is for you. Um, so yeah, thank thank you for having me, Drew. Thank you, man. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Woj Pod. A big thank you to my guest today, Drew Holiday. Be sure to listen to new and archived episodes of The Woj Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to also listen to The Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst, The Low Post with Zach Lowe, and of course, The Adam Schefter Podcast with my good friend, Adam Schefter. We'll catch you next time.